Hello, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat podcast brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out their Instagram and Facebook for uh, see what fresh in-house baked goods they're making. And uh, we thank them. And uh, today I'm jo- managing editor Joe Abraham, and I am joined with a very special guest. Uh, she is the deputy commissioner of the Division of Health and Human Services here in the county. And she is the co-chair of the Sullivan County Substance Use Task Force. Uh, this, this woman is no other than Wendy Brown. Uh, and uh, I thank her for joining us today. And um, my first question is for those out there who might not be familiar with the, drug, with the Substance Use Task Force, um, to talk a little bit about it, um, give the overview and, and what are some of the things you guys are working on. Well, first off, I want to thank you for the opportunity to uh, share with you and uh, the people in Sullivan County what we're doing here at the Drug Task Force. Uh, The Drug Task Force actually has been in Sullivan County since uh, the mid, I believe, I believe it started in 2012. I joined the county in 2017, uh, specifically to come and work on the Drug Task Force, which at that time was housed in public health. Uh, since that time, that we've reorganized the task force that now reports up through Megan Galligan, who's our district attorney. Uh, Megan and I together co-chair the task force. And the reason that we had those changes is because, as most people that live in Sullivan County are aware, the issue with substance use disorder and drug use has gotten so big and blown in so many ways that there was no way that one specific um, organization or could, our committee could really address it effectively because there's just too many aspects to it. So what we did was we redesigned it using a pillar model, which means there's an overriding governing body, but then there are areas of areas of speciality which we're referring to as each pillar. We presently have nine pillars, and the nine pillars are information technology and data collection because data is very important to measurement and helping us prove need and making sure that our activities are focused where they need to be. Then there's a medical provider services pillar and that's basically uh, direct providers. It's led by Nick Batson and Dr. Tucker Woods. Uh, And I need to, uh, yeah, Dr. Nick Batson and Dr. Tucker Woods, they're both specialists in, um, in substance use disorder. And also Dr. Woods is an emergency department physician, which is just phenomenal. And Dr. Baston is uh, very well known for his field in psychiatry. Um, then we have another pillar, which is called the Hope and Prevention Pillar. And what that is, is it's a collaboration of agencies that come together that we want to get information out. It's really like what I call the teaching pillar. So it's working together, getting information out into the community and also looking at new programs that come in, evaluating them, see if they're going to be effective and see if it's something we could manage in Sullivan County. Then there's another pillar, and that, that uh, the Hope and Prevention pillar is headed by Jill Hubert-Simon, who is now the, com- uh, the Community Services Health Educator, and also Dawn Wilkins from Catholic Charities. And I need to go back because I omitted um, saying that in the information and technology, that's head up 
by Lauren Green, who's our the, uh, the Chief Information Officer for the county, and Tom Farney, who is the Commissioner of Public Safety. Then we move on to United Sullivan. United Sullivan recently had a change and blended with something called the Healing Communities Grant, but United Sullivan is led by John Little and Marty Calavito. That encompasses the SALT and community representatives that sit on that, and it's really trying to coordinate activities out in the community and pulling in different resources such as Veterans Affairs, Action Toward Independence, Independent Living, Workforce Development, uh, Sun River, Hudson Valley Community Services, Restorative Management. Then there's another pillar called Policy Reform. That, we're very lucky to have Aileen Gunther, our Assemblywoman, leading that with Judy Balaban, uh, who's a community activist. And what the Policy Reform Committee does is it looks to see what we need to do from a legal standpoint in the way of um, laws and governing uh, issues within the county. It also looks to see what we can do, you know, what we need to push forward. One of the things we're working on now is looking at um, the availability of Narcan. We're looking at some of the laws related to neonatal abstinence syndrome. Uh, and we want to focus on specific things that we can do through the policy and through government to make things work more effectively. And we're, we're really, really blessed that we have Aileen because uh, she's, a, she's a real voice for, for the task force in for Sullivan County. Another pillar, law enforcement. That's led by May, Megan Galligan and Sheriff Schiff. And that takes all the different aspects, all the different, um, the, the DA, the sheriff, it's the county jail. Uh, Hal Smith, the manager for the jail, the administrator for our jail, is doing a tremendous job in bringing services and looking at what can be managed within the jail. Lots of exciting things going on there. Under there also is uh, probation and the coroner sit on that team. Then there's treatment programs. And treatment programs, that's headed by Melissa Stickle and John Little, treatment programs look at the different treatment providers in the county and come together to address, um, you know, sharing of resources in some situations, pooling resources in some situations, making sure that we're all going in the same direction. And we have a vast number of community partners on that. Um, we have Bridge Back to Life, the, the van that's now in Sullivan County, private entity, but we're running in Sullivan County because that was something that came out of this pillar, trying to get services to the far ends of the county and people that don't necessarily have easy access. The Lexington Recovery Center, which is um, going to be at the community services building in Sullivan, in um, in Liberty, but they're also starting up our method on maintenance program here hopefully by the end of this month. So we're very excited about that. There's also resource recovery. There is just Catholic Charities is on that. Dynamic Youth Center is on that. So again, all, all content experts and people that run programs in the county, again, collaborative, coming together in a collaborative to share information and work smarter. And then the last pillar, and this is the newest one that was created, is the CARES pillar. And that's really for maternal child health and perinatal. Um, it was actually was at one time a perinatal drug task force, but we needed to expand it because one of the very sad facts about substance use in our county is that Sullivan County has the highest rate of neonatal abstinence syndrome, and that's 
some, and that's it's that's not the current term. Um, the terms change frequently, but in essence, it's um, you know children that are born to moms that have a substance use issue, and the challenges that they face, and what can we do to get people that are pregnant and that are using drugs in safe treatment, and into make sure they get the right kind of perinatal care, and make these help get these children to be as healthy as they can be when they're born. So in essence, a very long answer. We have information and data collection, medical providers, open prevention, United Sullivan, policy reform, law enforcement, treatment programs, and the perinatal pillar. And the thing that's so important about this is the collaborative of community agency in our county. There's no one person that's really the head of this, aside from projects that they work on, share information back and forth, and share resources, and we've had some really nice outcomes, like we talked about Bridge Back to Life. One of the other um, outcomes that's really quite notable is Hope for Handcuffs, which is a pre-arrest diversion program that the district attorney brought here to the county, and uh, we're having really good success here working with an organization out of Michigan, and um, what else do I want to say about that? Um, just that that's a that's a whole that's a whole uh podcast in itself and I, I know that we've been doing that so this is a program that gets people into recovery immediately um they can walk into a police station and say i need help no questions asked a phone call is made and volunteer angels show up and sit with this person and have, have navigate the system to get them into treatment or they can call the hope not handcuffs number directly and start the system uh, or start the process to get into treatment. Because one of the things that's specifically challenging when people reach a place where they've decided that this is it, I want to change my life, I really want to get into uh, a recovery program, sometimes they're, you know, they're at the lowest point in their life and they're getting asked about their insurance and they're getting asked about transportation and they're getting 27,000 questions that at that point they just really may not be able to handle. So the Hope Not Handcuffs Angels come in and take care of all of that for them. Um, I think in a nutshell, Joe, is that, did I answer the question the way you wanted to? Uh, yeah, to no, definitely. And I know that um, Commissioner John Little, um, who's the head of the Division of Health and Human Services, uh, recently shared it at the legislative meetings uh, that some encouraging statistics. Uh, you know, obviously, the death rate in Sullivan County uh, per 100,000 that he shared from the New York State Department of Health uh, County's quarterly report that was recently released uh, dropped to 48.1 per 100,000 from over 65. Um, and while the county is still the highest uh, in the state, uh, based on those numbers, uh, you know, he did describe that as a very significant drop. And I'm sure that um, a large part of that is all of the work and this collaborative effort between uh, the task force and community partners. Um, on that note, um, I know that you mentioned a bunch of different things in your, in your answer about uh, the task force, but what are some of the um, big initiatives that you guys are gonna be rolling out um, or have been rolling out recently among some of those pillars that you think are gonna be really important in this fight against the opioid crisis? 
Well, one of the biggest is the uh, the Hope Not Handcuffs initiative. It's certainly one of the biggest. Uh, we had 36 uh, volunteers that came up from the county, and we're still recruiting to get that program for the Hope Not Handcuffs. Um, I mentioned the Bridge Back to Life. One of the other big initiatives that we have coming up, and we're partnering with the partnering with Sullivan 180, is the the recognition, the International Overdose Awareness Day, which this will be the second event of the year that we've partnered with other community agencies to come together and recognize the issue, recognize those lives lost, and recognize those people that are in recovery and get the message of hope and help out there. Uh, one of the other big accomplishments is getting the methadone maintenance program here in Sullivan County. There, um, through, through just a very interesting uh, conversation and, and whatever, you know, I get a lot of calls from people that are out in the county and they're they're living with uh, substance use disorder and they're looking for help and they're looking for hope. And one of the things that we realized uh, is that there was no methadone maintenance program in Sullivan County. All the people that are using methadone presently in Sullivan County had to go out of county to receive treatment. And that's a real challenge. Um, the other methadone programs were not, I mean, Poughkeepsie, Newburgh, um, so this took time for people to get there. And, you know, one of the things about methadone, and I've been doing this for a long, long time, I actually worked in the home of Met, the place where methadone was invented when I worked on the Lower East Side. And, um, you know, the, the, the premise behind that is you want to help people get back into having a normal life. Well, how can you have someone have a normal life when they have to spend three to four hours a day, three times a week, traveling to Newburgh to get methadone? That makes no sense to me. So as a county, we came together, and again, with a Aileen Gunther brought this to the brought this to our attention, and we're able to get a, a really Lexington um, recovery is going to be coming here. And as I said, finally, it's been a long, it's not fast enough for me, and I know for the people that are living with this, it's taking way too long, but within a year, we have it pretty much up and running, which I think is record time, actually, if you've been in healthcare as long as I have, but um, it'll be a good service that'll come here. It'll be another support. It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways, and different different avenues of treatment work for different people. I think one of the other things we're struggling with and consistently going after is making it okay for people to talk about their substance use disorder. You know, we used to, and again, I said I've been doing this for a long time, so it used to be, you know, uh, this was, you know, do you have a clean needle or a dirty needle? And, you know, um, it, it, people that had substance use disorder were looked at as like subhumans almost, and, and sad to say, but God's honest truth, when I started doing this, that's the way it was. And you know what? It's just like having diabetes. It's just like having a cardiac condition. and Science has caught up with the biology behind addiction. And what we have to realize as a caring community is that it can happen to anybody. You know, you don't know when it's going to, you don't know how it's going to hit. There's bio, and there's, you know, people can call me, I can go into the biology with you as best I can, but there's a lot of physiologic reasons why some people become addicted and some people don't. One of the other Real, real challenges um, is the the issue with the drugs coming into the area and the fentanyl. 
you know, it's one pill can kill. And what used to be, again, I can talk about being old, you know, it's Woodstock weekend. You know, people that went to Woodstock in 1969 were smoking a different kind of, uh, or using different substances that are, that are what are out there now. There's so much, so much counterfeit, counterfeit drugs coming in that have fentanyl in them and have other substances that we're not even, I mean, these substances are coming up faster than we can keep track of, and people die. And it's one pill can kill. And if, you know, you're buying drugs online or you're buying drugs on the street, you don't know what you're getting. You know, um, illicit drugs are coming in. They're being manufactured. The pills, I've looked at the pills in front of me. I couldn't tell you, aside from they've already been tested, which is which has fentanyl in it and which doesn't. So you think you're getting something that's one thing, and you take this pill, and you know what? You can be dead with one pill. Uh, one of the initiatives also, and uh, thanks very much to Salt because they've really taken the lead on this, is getting fentanyl test strips out into the community. And, you know, I don't really care what your opinion is, if it's supporting drug use, if it's not supporting drug use, it's saving a life. And every life has value. And every life has, everybody has the opportunity to make a bad choice and get that, and get that reversed. And if we can save a life by giving someone fentanyl test strips, well, then you know what we need to do. My opinion, put this in quotes, my opinion is we need to do that. Because there, but for the grace of God, go I, you never know. You just never know. And so to summarize your again, Hope Not Handcuffs, Fentanyl Test Strip, uh, the Bridge Back to Life Van, the Methadone Maintenance Program, Education, Narcan Training. We are doing Narcan Training like you wouldn't believe. Thanks to Megan's help, we recently sent out letters to every Dollar General in Sullivan County asking them to let us come in and do Narcan Training. With the, the use of this opioid money, the opioid settlement money, We've asked our partners how it is that we can support what they what it is that they need to do, and we're trying to get that money to the people with projects that, um, you know, John is evaluated, Commissioner Little is evaluated to be uh, substantial, and um, you know, needing needing that monetary support. One of the things we'd like to do is to get Martin really out into all the communities and places where, um, you know, we know that the, um, the you know drug sales and drug issues are going on. There's been a um, a real uptick, and we want to make sure that we have Narcan in the right hands. You never know when you're going to use it. You think, oh, well, I'll never be someplace where I'm going to use Narcan. Well, you know what? You are. I, I had an absolute opportunity not too long ago. I keep it with me, with me in my pocketbook, and, um, you know, I had to use it, and it saved a life. So, and, you know, our first responders, I cannot say enough about the medics and the EMS responders and our fire, our the fire companies are now carrying the Narcan, our police have the Narcan. So it's out there. We want to get it out there. So when somebody makes a, a foolish mistake or gets a medication that they didn't think they were getting, there's, there's a hope for them to get out of it and maybe get into recovery and get the hope for the help that they need. Because there is recovery. There really, really is. A, you'll hear... Uh, International Overdose Awareness Day, you'll hear some wonderful stories of recovery. And the other thing is, there are places now in Sullivan County where you can go. You know, it used to be when I started doing this, it was, oh, there's no treatment centers, there's no this, there's no that. Now there are. We have new, new, we have old organizations that have been revitalized, and we have new organizations that have come into the county, and their success rates are good. So help is there. It's a matter of reaching out.
Sure. And and I guess on that last note, obviously, I agree with everything you said about thanking our first responders and stuff who are doing so much. Uh, now, but for, for folks that maybe aren't, aren't trained in anything, that are just, you know, the average Joe and Jane that are out there in society um, that know and have been affected by this, because we all know people who have been affected by substance use, whether it be people's own personal challenges or family members, friends, and they want to do something about it. Um, you mentioned Hope Not Handcuffs earlier. Um, if you could just touch on how people who are interested could get in touch to become an angel and then what other ways just any people can help or, or mobilize to kind of help in the community effort just to try to stop this. I think one of the things that is um, would be most helpful is, again, if you work with an organization or a religious group or whatever, a business, you have your own business, call us. Uh, you know, you can call Public Health. They have a, a Jill Hubert Simon is the queen of uh, Narcan training here in Sullivan County. I work with Jill on that. We have several other Narcan trainers in the county, but so does a lot of other organizations have Narcan trainers. So I would say get yourself trained in Narcan. If you want to volunteer with Hope Not Handcuffs, the number is 833-428 and then, and then HOPE. And that's going to put you right into the HOPE line. Um, you can call my office. I'll certainly uh, connect you. Uh, as far as I think the other thing that people can do is really kind of evaluate what you think about people that have substance use disorder and how you respond to them. It's, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an insidious disease. It's all around you. And if you think that you don't know anybody that has an issue with substance use, I'll bet my shoes that you're wrong. You just don't recognize it. And sometimes it's your neighbor, it's your coworker, and they do a really good job of hiding it until one day they don't. And and sometimes now with this with the fentanyl that's coming in, you know, they're buying pills, they're kind of functioning and they're doing okay. And then you know what? The, you know, they come to work, they take a pill that they bought online because they think it's fine, and you look at them and they're sitting at their desk and they're not breathing. That's that's when you realize it's all over and it's getting worse. And, you know, um, Mike Schiff speaks frequently, or Sheriff Schiff uh, speaks frequently about the need to, you know, monitor and to see and, and to use surveillance and, and to stop the flow of the drugs coming in. And that's really important. We have a very sophisticated uh, system that we use part of the um, uh, high-intensity drug trafficking where we look and we look to see where the drugs are being used. Um, you know, law enforcement has a much upgraded, much more detailed system that they really delve into, you know, really confidential information, but helps in, I don't know if we can even say spanning uh, the ties, but certainly monitoring what's going on a little bit better. and. Um, it's a vicious, it's a vicious, vicious thing. It's a vicious thing, and it, it sucks the life out of you, and it sucks the life out of everybody that really is in this field because it seems so overwhelming. And again, to go back to the wonderful first responders that are there, and sometimes they're going to the same house, you know, four or five, six times, um, and it's, it's, we just can't thank them enough for the wonderful work they do, because you just never know. You never, never know. So um, I think that, did I answer what you wanted to know, John? Yes, yes, you did. And um, thank you to you and all of the task force members and community volunteers and first responders for your effort in this. And 
And uh, thanks for joining. Uh, this concludes today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe. And we will certainly continue to cover this uh, with the paper and, and have interviews and stuff to, uh, until it goes away, hopefully one day. So um, thank you for your time, Wendy, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you.